Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church coming to you this 2nd of January, Sunday, the 2nd of January, 2022. Happy New Year to all of our listeners this morning. And we come to you today to celebrate and observe the Feast of the Holy Innocents. Now, this feast day is actually December 28th, but since it is such an important feast day, we decided to observe it this day, Sunday, the 2nd of January. Now, usually I do a divine service catechesis at the beginning of the podcast here, but due to family illness, due to my voice not being the greatest, as you can hear, I am going to forgo that this morning, and we are going to turn right to our opening hymn of the Matin Service. Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The Lord, the King of Martyrs, O come, let us worship him. Come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great 
great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. is his and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord, the King of Martyrs, O come, let us worship Him. These are they which came out of the great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. These are they which came out of the great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb.
This Old Testament lesson for the Feast of the Holy Innocents is written in the 31st chapter of the book of the prophet Jeremiah, beginning at the 15th verse. Thus saith the Lord, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel, weeping for her children, refused to be comforted for her children, because they were not. Thus saith the Lord, Refrain thy voice from weeping, and thine ears from tears, for thy work shall be rewarded, saith the Lord, and they shall come again from the land of the enemy, and there is hope in thine end. Saith the Lord, that thy children shall come again to their own border. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. It is not death to die, to leave this weary road, and midst the brotherhood on high, to be at home with God. It is not death to close the eye long dimmed by tears, and wake in glorious repose to spend eternal years. It is not death to fling aside this sinful dust and rise on strong exalting wing to live among the just. Jesus, thou Prince of life, thy chosen cannot die. Like thee they conquer in the strife to reign with thee on high. The epistle is written in the 14th chapter of the Revelation to St. John, beginning at the first verse. Then I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Sion, and with him a hundred forty and forty thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sang as it were a new song before the throne, and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand, which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the firstfruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. 
Alleluia. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the second chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. And when the Magi were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and departed into Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and in all the coast thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted, because they are not. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. The Lord keepeth all their bones, so that not one of them is broken. Great are the troubles of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. The Lord keepeth all their bones, so that not one of them is broken. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. The Lord keepeth all their bones, so that not one of them is broken. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you want to know what it is that we confessional Lutherans believe, whether about God, Christ, the Scriptures, so on, well, there's an easy place to look for all that. It's called the Book of Concord. The Book of Concord is the Lutheran Confession of Faith. When I made my pastoral vows, I made a vow, a confession, that these were the correct teachings of the Scriptures. You, as a congregation, make the Book of Concord your vow and confession in your church constitution. The Synod makes its vow and confession on them as well. So here is what we confessional Lutherans teach about sin in the Book of Concord in a document called the Augsburg Confession, which we study in Bible study right now. And here's what it says about sin. It says, Our churches teach that since the fall of Adam, all who are naturally born are born with sin, that is, without the fear of God, without trusting God, and with the inclination to sin called concupiscence. Concupiscence, that is, this original sin, is a disease and original vice that is truly sin. It damns and brings eternal death on those who are not born anew through baptism and the Holy Spirit. Sin, you see, is not just something you do. Sin is not just thought, word, and deed. Those are the rotten fruits of sin. 
Luther describes this sin, however, as a deep corruption of our human nature. That's found elsewhere in the Book of Concord in the small called Articles. That sin, says Luther, is a deep corruption of our human nature, a deep corruption that we inherit from Adam, through whom sin entered the world. This original sin, this deep corruption, means we break the Ten Commandments constantly. It means unbelief, false beliefs, idolatry. It means no fear of God and pride in self and despair and blindness. It means not calling on God, not regarding God's word, and so on. Sin is, in short, no fear, love, or trust in the God who created us. That is the deep corruption. All of us are born with this original sin, this deep corruption. All of us, including these holy innocents that we observe today, whose massacre we celebrate and observe today, they too were conceived in this original sin. These holy innocents were born with original, with original sin, with this deep corruption. Why then do we call them innocents? If they are conceived and born into this deep corruption, how in the world are they innocent? Yet we call them that, holy innocents. Well, one thing we know is that they were not innocent, that is, they did not overcome this corruption by anything that they had done or earned themselves. After all, Herod killed baby boys, those two years old or younger. They were too young to make any decisions of their own. They were too young to understand the concept of life and death. We know they didn't die willingly for Christ because they were far too young even to make such a choice. That is, of course, what makes this story so heart-wrenching and tragic. They had no say in whether or not they would die for Christ. They were just slaughtered. And their parents also had no choice in seeing their young slaughtered. That is why Rachel, these mothers who saw their children killed, that is why they wail and lament over their children, because there was nothing they could do to stop it. And so we know for certain that we don't call them innocent because of anything they did to make themselves innocent or righteous. They were helpless against their own corruption and against this great evil of Herod. Yet they also were not innocent because they were so young. This is what we are tempted to believe when we hear the story of the holy innocents, that they were so young that how could God hold their sin against them, especially when they're massacred? But you have to understand that's a false belief. We know that their youth does not make them innocent because in Psalm 51, we confess this original sin, this deep corruption with David. We pray with him, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Again, God speaks through David in a psalm saying, they have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. You see, nobody does good. That speaks of children of all ages as well. No one's, no one's exempt from that statement. Nobody does good, not even the little children. Again, David in the psalm says, the wicked are estranged from the womb. And St. Paul teaches from this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In the scriptures, 
There is no teaching such as the age of accountability that you might hear from others. That is, there is no teaching that sin is only our actions against God. No, it is a deep corruption in which we are conceived. There is no teaching that God withholds the accountability of someone's sin, the guilt of someone's sin, until they reach a certain age. That teaching is not there. So then these children were not innocent because they could not have sinned. After all, they were conceived in sin. And these children were not innocent because they had yet to reach a certain age. After all, all of us conceived in sin were estranged against God from the womb. So these children were not innocent because of what they achieved for their own righteousness, for they were too young to achieve anything, nor were they innocent because of their youth, for they were corrupted from conception. With all that off the table, with all those possibilities off the table, we may now be tempted to believe that these holy innocents were innocent because of something their parents did. After all, look how beloved these boys were by their mothers. So much did their mothers love these boys that when they saw their babies die, their mothers wailed without stopping, lamented with the greatest bitterness, and refused, outright, belligerently refused any and all comfort or solace. And that's just the mothers. Imagine also how their fathers, their fathers whose vocation it is to protect these children, imagine how those fathers felt when they could not stop the soldiers from the slaughter. And so as the mothers wailed, I can't help but picture the fathers as paralyzed and despondent by grief, depression, helplessness. So it is tempting to think that it was the tears or the prayers or the works of their parents that somehow made these children innocent or righteous before God. Yet, to this the prophet Isaiah proclaims, We are all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses, that is, all our righteous works, are like filthy rags. The works that we can muster up in and on our own, even the greatest of works that we can do in this deeply corrupted flesh, those works are nothing but filthy rags before God. So then nothing the parents could do of themselves could make these children innocent. The parents could have had all the world's riches and given them charitably before all the world. They could have had the greatest reputation in all the world and of all history. They could have sounded the trumpets and prayed the most beautiful prayers before all men. They could have prayed using vain repetitions and many words. They could have held the highest righteousness among men. But none of it would have mattered. For none of that would have made their children righteous or innocent before God. So these children, they were not innocent because they earned their own righteousness from what they did or how they died. They were not innocent because of their youth. They were not innocent because of their parents. Consider that. They, were innocent, they weren't innocent because of any of that. How then could they possibly be innocent? How could we call them innocent? How could they be holy? What else could be left to make them holy and innocent with all of that off the table? They were innocent 
because of this Christ child whom Herod was trying to kill. They were innocent because this Christ child took their deep corruption, their guilt, their filthy rags with him down to Egypt and brought all that back up with him when he was called by the father out of Egypt. They were innocent because this Christ child, as he was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, not naturally, but by the Holy Spirit and of the Virgin Mary. This child was alone, the only one not conceived in sin or the deep corruption from Adam. He alone was the only one who was not estranged against the father from the womb. But instead, he lived the perfect life which they did not and could not live. The perfect life which we cannot live. These baby boys were innocent because this Christ took their guilt and their sin and their shame and even the tragedy of their death to the cross. And there died a greater death for them than they did for him because his death took away their guilt. His death blotted out their sin. His death turned their tragedy into joy. They were innocent because as they lived under the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, they received the Old Testament sacrament of circumcision so that the so that by the shedding of their blood and circumcision and by the shedding of their blood in their massacre their blood pointed to and cried out to the blood which was poured out on the cross on the cross where the side of Christ was cut where the side of Christ you could say was circumcised there the pouring out of his blood fulfilled their circumcision it fulfilled for them the promise given to Abraham into which they were circumcised. These baby boys were innocent because circumcised they belonged to the Old Testament church of which they twice celebrated the Passover. The Passover where they ate the sacrificial lamb. The Passover which united them to the Passover and the Passover lamb on the cross where there at the cross they were taken by Christ to pass over from their tragic deaths to the blessed life with our Lord. It is because of Christ and what he did that we call these baby boys holy innocents. This is why we celebrate the massacre of the innocents this day, because in the faith which they were, their deaths were more than tragic. Their deaths were the beautiful confession and praise of Christ, which is why God alone can bring comfort to their mothers, which is why God alone can say to their mothers, and they will listen, keep your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. This is why God says to these mothers, there is hope for your, that is your children's future. Even in their death, there is hope for their future. Because as short and tragic as their lives were, now after their death, they are blessed and holy and innocent. Now for eternity, they play on their harps before God. Before him, they sing a new song with the angels, a song which, according to Revelation, only the sainted and blessed and innocent dead in Christ can learn and sing. In their mouths now, is only this beautiful song. No lies are found in their mouths now. 
because now they are forever blameless before God. In Christ, they are saved. They are innocent. And for their deaths, for their work of death in the faith, within this salvation, they also receive a greater reward that far overshadows this work of tragic death. God has promised that these holy innocents, these baby boys, will come back to their own country, and indeed they will. For where they were buried in and around Bethlehem, in their own country, there they will arise in the resurrection. And when they arise, they will not only enter or arise in their old country, but in that moment, they will also enter into their own country in the new heavens and the new earth. On that day of their resurrection, Rachel will no longer weep or wail or lament or have tears fall from her eyes. On that day is when Rachel will be comforted because there her children will be and they will be forever. For in their most tragic, blessed death will arise in Christ their most beautiful and blessed lives. Which is why we prayed in the collect this morning that as the holy innocents were mortified, that is, killed, may also the vices, the sins in us, also be mortified in such a way. Indeed, God has mortified the sins in us as he did for the holy innocents. For in your baptism, our Lord took the guilt of your deep corruption into himself. In the resurrection, the deep corruption of your flesh will be eradicated for good, buried by Christ for all eternity. In your baptism, all righteousness was fulfilled as you were united to Christ's death and resurrection, which fulfilled everything. In the supper in which you partake here today, you partake in the Passover of the flesh and blood. At the rail where you are passed over from death into life with him, where you pass over from this world into the next and eat of this feast with all the saints in heaven. And so we pray that just as the holy innocents were brought into the faith and killed in Christ, so may our sins be mortified. We pray that just as the holy innocents confessed Christ in their deaths, so may we confess Christ also in how we live. More importantly, maybe, how we die and with the fruit of confession on our lips. We pray that we may be wholly innocent as these young boys were holy innocents in Christ. May God grant this prayer to us. And indeed, he will. He has granted this prayer to us through Christ crucified and risen for us. For we were born anew in him through baptism and the Holy Spirit. Just as our confessions teach, just as we Lutherans confess. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O God, whose martyred innocence showed forth your praise not by speaking, but by dying, mortify the vices within us, that our lives may indeed confess your faith, which our tongue utters. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you, so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishment, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. 
cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.
Thank you for joining us here on the Christ the King podcast for this Sunday morning's matin service to commemorate the Holy Innocents. And please join us this week. We will have a Vesper service Thursday night on the 6th of January, which will be the close of Christmas and the start of Epiphany. And that's what January 6th is, the Feast of the Epiphany of our Lord. And we'll also be back next Sunday to celebrate the Feast of the Baptism of our Lord. So a lot going on this next week. Please do join us. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church or CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, tell a friend, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for the podcast or want to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses listed at the top of the bulletin. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.